Please take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Proverbs. We are in Proverbs chapter 31. Um, we will begin in verse 10. If you're following along in the Pew Bible, it is on page 1031. Um, guys, we have had 30 chapters and nine verses dedicated to the man who is pursuing wisdom. And now we turn to 22 verses dedicated to the woman of noble character, or the wife of noble character. Almost feel like God had to speak far more to us than he did to them. But we are looking today at Proverbs chapter 31, a passage that is very much familiar to many people and yet is one that is worthwhile to look at again. So hear the word of the Lord. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her beds. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of the household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned, excuse me, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Let us pray. God, our Father, we thank you for the word which you have breathed out to us. We thank you that this word works out salvation within us. And we thank you that your word teaches us, it convicts us, it corrects us, and it trains us in your righteousness. Your word makes us complete and prepares us for all the good works that you have for us. Work today through your spirit and your word to guide toward the holiness you have called to. And for those who do not trust in you, we work your word to bring them salvation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you made it. Here we are at the end of our series on the book of Proverbs, these God-breathed words of wisdom from Solomon to his son and ultimately to us. And today we are going to consider this last passage in the book of Proverbs, a passage that is well known and yet serves two purposes for us as we wrap up the book of Proverbs. The first is that this is a passage that works to summarize the teachings of the book of Proverbs to us and for us. It's 
It is a, a passage that covers everything from A to Z as it is an acrostic poem that each verse in the original language begins with each successive letter of the book of Proverbs. And it covers diligent work. It covers the good that wisdom brings and the harm that folly brings. It, it covers that foundational work of fearing the Lord that we looked at at the beginning. But it also serves as an ode or a poem to an unsung hero in the wise family. Bruce Waltke argues that this acrostic poem takes the form of an ancient Near Eastern hero poem focusing on the deeds and the character of this wife, this woman of noble character, the valiant woman. This would have seemed out of place to the original audience as the original audience would have only written poems to women that would have focused on their beauty and their sexual attraction. And in the midst of this world, Lemuel's mother gives him a picture of a woman known for her wisdom, known for her wise deeds as the pinnacle to pursue as he looks for a wife. As we look at this heroic poem that serves as a summary, we will see that this noble woman is praised for her industrious habits, for her character, and for her fear. First, the woman is praised for her industrious habits. The last verse of this passage, the last verse of the book of Proverbs, says, Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. The sense here is that this woman, this valiant wife, this valiant woman, is known far and wide throughout the land, so much so that she is praised in the place where the council meets, but she is known for her works, for her industrious habits. Verses 13 through 19 give us a list of some of these habits. She, she is willing to go out and, and get what is necessary for her household to thrive. She goes to the marketplace and to the docks to make sure excuse me, that she has the fabrics and the foods that she needs to take care of her family. The fabrics that she buys, she uses to make clothing and she goes about the work of making this clothing with her own hands and she's not afraid of a little work, work that is given on behalf of her family. In the cold months, these clothes are marked by a combination of substance and style. They are red and purple showing the style that she has and they are warm and protective of the family so that the family not, need not fear the harm of the harsh winter months. She also makes coverings for the home, for the furniture and for the beds of the home. And if we think back to Proverbs seven sixteen, we see that the temptress points to the coverings of her bed to, to tempt the young man to death. But the wise, the valiant woman points to the coverings of the furniture in her home, pointing to the life and the protection and the good that they bring. Furthermore, she uses these fabrics that she buys to make sashes to sell to the merchants, sashes that would set them apart as prominent within the marketplace. And whatever trading she does, she makes sure that it is profitable for her and for her family. In addition to having the food and the fabrics necessary to take care of them. She makes investments outside of the home. In a world where women oftentimes did not own property, she would take the money that she made and she would invest in property that brings more profit and more success to the family. 
Her attitude to work is summarized for us in verses 17 and 27. She approaches her work with vigorous strength and she is not idle. We should call to mind when we think about this, the, the portions of the book where we were warned about the sluggard who, who was lazy and made excuses and where the sluggard finds comfort in sleep. The valiant woman is up early in the morning making sure that the family is well fed. And where the sluggard would make excuses and hide behind them, the valiant woman takes risks to make her family a profitable endeavor. The valiant woman is praised for her industrious habits, for her hard work. Secondly, verses 28 and 29 point to the reality that the valiant woman is, a, is worthy of praise for her character. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. These industrious habits that we have noted so far are rooted in a noble character. First off, this woman, the valiant woman, is trustworthy. Husbands, if you can trust your wife with your home, with your children, with your money, and ultimately with your secrets, you have a very valuable and rare treasure. There's an assumption to this hero poem that the, that the man has built a home founded upon wisdom, built a lifestyle founded upon the law of God, and he has handed the keys over to the wife without micromanaging her. He trusts her to run the household, and she shows herself to be worthy of the trust that he gives her. The valiant woman is also one who builds those up around her, Verse 12 says that good and not harm comes to the husband because of her. The word good is used over 60 times in the book of Proverbs, most often linked to wisdom. And the word harm is used over 40 times in the book and is most often linked to the practice of folly. And so the woman works to lift others up, to, to make those around her better. She brings respect even to her husband as he gathers in the gate in the city council. She edifies and encourages and lifts others up around her. She uses wise words in her speaking and in her teaching. She is discreet and doesn't say foolish things according to Proverbs 18.7 and 20.19. She doesn't nag according to Proverbs 27.15. And now guys, before you elbow your wife there, before you accuse her of nagging, you need to ask yourself, does she really nag you or does she call you to holiness? Does she call you to wisdom and to wise action? Sometimes God's call to wisdom comes to us through the wise words of others. And God gifts people with insight to speak to you in such a way that they are convict that you are convicted where you fall short. And so we need to be careful when we accuse our wives of nagging. She edifies and encourages others with her words. Proverbs 1.8 and 31.1 points to this reality that wise words edify and encourage and, and the, the valiant woman uses her words to do those things. She has a compassionate heart. We've seen this in her provision of clothing and food for her family, but she also reaches out in compassion to the poor and the needy, those who are less fortunate than she her help may come through financial assistance or may be found in the providing of food and clothing to those who come around. 
However she provides for the poor and needy, she has the compassion to notice. And she is clothed with strength and dignity. The the word strength in verse 25 is related to being a refuge, a place of safety for those in need. She She is someone whom you can bring your troubles and she is someone who will treat you compassionately and safely in the midst of those troubles. The valiant woman cultivates and exhibits a noble character. Nobility of character takes a lot of work. The work must be done to dig out the false places in your heart. And Paul in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 tells us that it is the God-breathed word that is alive and active to teach us, to convict us, to correct us, to train us in righteousness. And the valiant woman's character is like wisdom in the rest of the book of Proverbs. It is built upon the rock-solid foundation of God's word. That word is made powerful for salvation and sanctification through the redemptive work of Jesus and the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. And the valiant woman is steeped in the word of God. So the valiant woman is praised for her industrious habits. She is praised for her noble character Ladies, you doing okay so far? There can be a lot of weight in that. I almost feel like the further I go in this passage, the more more crushing weight I may be placing upon you as you realize further and further that the more you study, the more you understand what is called for in Proverbs 31, 10 through 22. The more you understand, the higher the bar gets. In reality, the bar is extremely high. Much as it has been for the men in the other 30 chapters of the book of Proverbs, the bar is extremely high, almost unreachable. And you may struggle in many of these areas or find yourself discouraged because you don't feel you measure up every time you come through and read these words. But I encourage you to take heart because she is not only praised for her works, She is praised because she fears the Lord. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. The book of Proverbs begins and ends with this call to fear the Lord. Proverbs 1.7 says the foundation, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And here at the end, the end of wisdom is also the fear of the Lord, that, that worshipful reverent obedience to God when he calls upon us to do his will. It is just as true of the son of the king. It is just as true as the men. And it is just as true of the women in this congregation that all of this begins the pursuit of wisdom, the pursuit of being the valiant woman, the pursuit of being the wise man is all rooted and founded in the fear of the Lord. True. We can follow some of God's wise principles that he has woven into creation. But to truly follow wisdom, to truly grow wisdom in our lives, to truly become that valiant woman that brings life, that brings industry, that brings success to the family. It is only possible through the heart change that the fear of the Lord brings. This poem as I mentioned earlier, would have been odd to the original hearers of this poem because poems dedicated to women during this time 
were based and focused on their sexual charm and their beauty. And all of that fades. Whether it's age, whether it's working in the sun, whether it's disease, whether it's a bunch of different things, all of those things can steal the beauty and the charm that you have on the outside. But Lemuel's mom reminds us that there is a beauty that lasts far into eternity. And it is the beauty of a woman who truly fears, obeys, and loves the Lord. You could pursue every little detail of the life of wisdom to a T. But if you neglect the fear of the Lord, it is all for nothing. And you can and will fail in your attempts to live up to the bar presented in Proverbs 31. But as long as you are building those attempts upon the foundation of the fear of the Lord, you are marked by a beauty that will never, never fade. Wives, mothers, you would far rather your children, your spouse say, cooking, eh, a little shaky. Never really had that many warm clothes, but man, she loved Jesus more than anything else. You would rather hear that than you would, she was the greatest cook in the world and we had the best clothing ever, but I really don't know where she's spending eternity. God says the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And the joy of pursuing the life of the valiant woman on the foundation of the fear of the Lord is this. That once you begin, the Holy Spirit will work in you to build those other habits. The Holy Spirit will work in you to remind you that there is bounteous and glorious forgiveness when you falter and fail. If you begin in the fear of the Lord, there is a hope of a secure relationship with him, regardless of how things work out in your family. We live in a fickle world and the, 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 the words given to us in the book of Proverbs are, are descriptive more than prescriptive. They describe for us what things would work, how things would work out in a perfect world. And you can have, you can be the valiant woman with the industrious habits, pursuing the noble character, and none of the rewards here could come to pass for you. But if you are building all of that upon the fear of the Lord, God sees and God praises you for that. When we root our pursuit of wisdom and holiness in the fear of the Lord, There is a safety and a peace in knowing that God will be faithful to keep us and to move us toward that wisdom and holiness, even when you falter, even when you fail. One of the hard things that we've not dealt with a lot about the life of pursuing wisdom is that you can pursue wisdom and you can pursue it well and nobody notices I think sometimes this does happen with our daughters, with our wives, with our moms, with our grandmothers, with our aunts and our uncles as they pursue. They work so hard. They try to build their life upon the fear of the Lord. They try to build their life upon wisdom and husbands and kids and fathers. We we miss it. We don't see it or we take it for granted. 
But women, I want you to know that if you're if the men in your life, if the people in your life don't notice, God does. God inspired the words here, may she be praised for her habits, for her character, and for her fear of the Lord. And take heart that God does see, and one day you will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But husbands and children's, children's, yeah. <laughs> Good, serious moment there. I throw an S on the end of children. Husbands and children, don't let your wives go unpraised for their pursuit of wisdom. If you have a wife or a mother or a daughter that is truly pursuing holiness and obedience and reverence, fear of God, you have the rarest of treasures. Praise her in the home. Praise her in the workplace. Praise her in the school and praise her among your friends. Husbands, it is way too easy to fall into the temptation of of wife bashing when you're at work. Your friends, your co-workers say things about their wives that no husband should ever say. The temptation is to be right there with them. Don't. Speak up for your spouse. Praise her in the marketplace. Students, children, your friends will do the same thing. They will talk about how strict and how horrible their mom is. Don't do it. Make sure your friends know that your mom was a, is a wonderful, God-fearing woman. Be people who offer wise praise to those who pursue wisdom. And each and every one of us needs to check our hearts to make sure that we begin and end where Proverbs did. Are we pursuing wisdom founded upon the fear, the reverent, obedient worship and love of the Lord? Let us pray. Our God and Father, we do thank you for these words. We do thank you for the call to wisdom that is rooted and grounded in you. And we ask that you would help each of us to turn to you in worship and in love. And I ask that you would remind those who pursue wisdom, especially the women in this church who pursue wisdom, remind them that they are praised when they ground that wisdom in the fear of the Lord and help the rest of us be the, to be the type of people who praise them and honor them according to your will and your glory. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we go this week, please take this blessing upon you. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Before we leave, remember we have some refreshments downstairs in the uh, um, fellowship hall and it's a time for fellowship and uh, uh, time for fellowship. But we pray as well. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen.